Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode and I am so looking forward to diving into this topic in particular because I've been noticing so many issues, topics pop up and it's time to start debunking even more which is why I'm so happy to have my very special guest here, Nike Oria. Nike is a creative, intuitive and ancestral catalyst she is a DEI consultant for a spiritual business, creates ancestor healing retreats, experiences, and has a podcast that all amplifies Black and Indigenous voices and healing. Her mission in her work is to help others create safe and healing spaces that are inclusive and reduce harm for Black and Indigenous women, women plus, and films without guilt and shame. You can connect with her, and I'm going to have uh, her links in the description of this episode. So make sure that you go to nikeorea.com. All right. And again, description will be in this episode. So no worries. Nike, welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes. You know, I just love speaking with you. I love the topics you talk about. It is so, so, so important. And you say it in a way where you just, you break it down. And I love it because it's just like no one, like people can have rebuttals, but it's just like, don't even try because (laughs) you break it down so well. So I want to start off with, part of me is saying, let's go back to 2020, but I'm like, no, but I want to start off with what are some of the most common barriers you have been breaking down recently and I would say recently especially since 2020 like these last couple of years because so much has come up since then Mm, yeah that's such a great question I think I've really been focusing on addressing nuanced topics um, especially that are systemic, that are embedded and really addressing like a part of our socialization that many of us have just readily accepted right. without focusing on the shame and guilt around it. Because I feel like that could be kind of, that could kind of hold us back. It could be really overwhelming, especially to our emotional bodies and our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like to talk about being anti-oppressive to really understand the socializations of when it comes to like racism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, all the phobias, all the isms. Yes, yes. Yeah. And really tune into ourselves and ask ourselves, why? Why are we participating in these systems? And partially it isn't our faults, right? Like we were born into a system and it's the outside environments that create your socialization. But at a certain point, um, and at a certain point of empowerment, understanding yourself and questioning the things that easily pop in your head to readily accept, I think can be a really huge part of transformation. So that's what I've been really focusing on and navigating. Yes. And that's so beautiful because we don't ask why enough. I mean, I started asking why a lot, especially when uh, I, I learned something. And this is why I love following people like you who really just open up the history books in a way, but 
the actual history and let people know, actually, this is the source of that. And here's why you should change your way of thinking, not to force you to think a certain way, but you've been misled. For example, when I heard about the actual uh, beginning or not beginnings, but what um, Central Park used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, whoa, you know, it, it, it's so insightful because representation matters. Mm-hmm. And when you see people get oust and you see other people get put in certain situations where in TV and movies for so long, they are the people that are the ones who have money, always seem to have means and other people in certain histories get removed, erased. And you don't see people who look like you unless it's a very stereotypical, very, you know, token thing there. And then when it comes to spirituality, I've heard so many times just growing up, especially again, back to the, the movies and things like that. Oh, voodoo. No. And it's just like, no, no, no. We need to understand that. And anything that seems like it has the remote relation to black, brown, indigenous, and so forth. It's like, oh, well, well, no, that's, that's, you know, fill in the blank. And we have to, which is why I love why you said why we had to figure out why, why is it that tattoos are deemed unprofessional Mm -hmm. and just as a whole, Maybe that tattoo, and I, I saw a documentary years ago about uh, certain tattoos and branding is like a rite of passage in different cultures. It means something. And then I learned that in, in Canada uh, with the nuns and so forth, they were shaving hair, uh, hair off and saying like, this is the standard. And so when, when people come to you and they have to process all of that and understand their actual ancestor or origin and the way they handle things. What does that process look like? Cause I know it's so much to unravel. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's the beauty of ancestral connection and reconnection is that there is so much to unravel, but things that we have been told and we see about ourselves in our modern day is so limiting to the essence of our generational inheritance. I call it because we really do inherit gifts, we inherit traumas, we inherit um, wisdom. And so I always, I first of all, I think ancestral connection is for everyone. I have some people who come to me and they say, I know nothing about my ancestors. I feel like I can't do this work. And that is not true. Even someone who I thought I knew about my lineage, when I started to really root down into my ancestral connection, so much came up that I did not know about and that my parents did not know about. And so we are really multifaceted even within our ancestral connection. Um, So if you know a lot, if you feel really disconnected, either way, Mm -hmm. there's going to be layers to uncover because of the systemic things that have been embedded in our various societies and structures, because there has been a lot that has been hidden, especially for marginalized identities and groups. There has been a lot that has been hidden and isn't to the surface and readily available information. Mm -hmm. Um, So whenever someone comes to me and they're like, okay, I'm ready to step into doing this ancestral connection. 
we just start in rooting into ourselves. I think grounding is so important. I'm a Taurus, so I love to ground. Yeah, I prefer, yeah. <laughs> I prefer grounding than being really high up. I'm going yeah. to be honest with you. Like to me, being human is actually so beautiful. Um, and I know sometimes in the spiritual space, we're like, no, we don't want to be human. We want to tap into like all these yeah, yeah. <laughs> high dimensions and things. But I think there's right, such right, a beauty right. to being human and ancestral connection um, is really tied to that because I think the disconnection to our ancestor too is usually like shame, guilt, mm-hmm. ignorance. Yeah. Um, and our ancestors are human. That is the essence of them. That's literally the only thing that connects us to them right? It's different than any other guide. It's because we have the commonality of being human um, and being human in this type of world in the the earth rooting down. And so the first thing is to root down, really get to know yourself in a grounded sense. Our ancestors are literally in the earth as well. (laughs) (laughs) So that's an instant connection that you can have. Um, And being comfortable with the grounded, the stillness, the earth, I think is really important and actually helps opening you up. Again, usually when we talk about intuition and we talk about our psychic abilities, Mm -hmm. it's like you need to rise up and kind of get more high vibe. But with this work, you need to go all the way down and just let yourself be held by earth. Um, So that's where I always start for myself. And so also for my clients who come to me, and doing ancestral connection, but also doing anti-oppressive work because a lot of that is being human first. And so you need to ground down in order to do that work and being anti-oppressive, anti-racist, all the things. Yeah, that's so important. I'm so glad that you said grounding and that form of connection of our ancestors already being in the ground because especially in this day and age, now I feel like I sound like an old head in this day and age, you know, (laughs) but really it's so easy to live outside of yourselves because now, unlike, and here I go again, unlike my time, but unlike (laughs) when I was younger, you know, it was no computers, computers in the classroom, Mm -hmm. computer in your home, and now computer in your hand. But I've seen that transition and I know that I can still operate without being glued to my phone. But now people are so much more glued to their phone and they're seeing so many things that are causing them to live outside their body. So it's great to hear that getting back to yourself and really asking yourself, who am I? Mm-hmm. And, and really truly understanding that. So uh, do you encourage people to do like the ancestry.com, like .com, the ancestry, the me 23 to get to know their roots a little bit more and then start that process as well? I mean, you definitely can start there. I've done an ancestry um, DNA, but I find that they're pretty limiting because they're still operating in white first. So there isn't a lot of information, especially if you're a person of color. Um, I know there's different ancestry and DNA kits that do center um, people of color. They're just not as well recognize and I think they're more expensive because the information again isn't readily available to us and right, right, it keeps right. us away from like knowing these things so if you're curious you could definitely start there but also fine if you're just like doing ancestral connection your ancestors will connect with you and show you the things I have a perfect example where I'm West African my parents uh, were born and raised in West Africa 
I'm the first generation born in the States. And so we always just thought, yeah, we're just West African. They knew their tribes. We know details of information. Um, and we knew that we were colonized by the Portuguese and then the French. So I knew that I probably had some Portuguese in there, um, especially with like last names and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I really did some ancestral connection that all these pieces started to come together, especially on my mom's side, where I found out actually that part of the family and the reason why we have a Portuguese last name is because they were taken and enslaved in Brazil. And they were in Brazil for many years. And it wasn't until one ancestor decided, okay, there was like five enslaved revolutions and like think the fourth one they decided to go back to um, West Africa there was no connection to family right this was like like a century later but they just decided to go back and then they rooted back in West Africa um and the reason I found out was many different things first I was looking at that last name things kept popping up I was like okay this is interesting then randomly I don't really talk about ancestral connection necessarily for my parents I think in West African culture there is a lot of ancestor um people do like there is more ancestor work than outside mm-hmm. but um I, they didn't know I was doing this connection on my own. And randomly, I get a message from my mom, like, this is an ancestor from blah, blah, blah. This is their name. And it's a picture of them and they're Afro-Brazilian. And we hadn't even talked about like the connection to Afro, to Brazil. Yeah. And then, so I did more information and digging on that. And so I actually started working with that ancestor. And basically they just led me through this whole journey where I found out so much information about that lineage and like what went on and everything. So it's just to say for a huge chunk of my life, I was just like, yeah, we're West African. We're from this country. This is our tribes. Uh, That's it. But turns out, um, not necessarily. And it made sense too with the wounds that were showing up in my life because for so long, I had so many wounds tied to um, slavery and being enslaved. And I was just gaslighting myself. I was like, well, that's not your trauma, right? Like most likely that wasn't your trauma. Turns out it was. So (laughs) I didn't do that with a DNA test. My DNA test says Portuguese. It says Mm -hmm. a couple of countries and then it says Portugal. Um, turns out it wasn't, yes, Portugal, but it was actually Brazil, Afro-Brazilians. And then that connection is really where it is. So it can give you a little detail, but the ancestral connection and really taking that time to root down, connect with them and being community with your ancestors can give you the answers in ways that you don't even expect. I love that. And I want that for more people too, because that's so eye-opening and to understand who you are and your lineage, it just helps. Like you were saying, that is part of me. Like I now, and now you can really begin to process it and so forth. And I want to also talk and talk about the power of black spirituality and brown spirituality and all the other spiritualities that for so long people have been disenfranchised from, or they had to do it, you know, behind closed door, pull the blinds because God forbid And I want people to understand the power in that and why the the disenfranchisement, the smear campaign was done. Mm -hmm. And so can can you talk about the 
the magnitude of it and how strong it truly is. Because when I was learning some things, I just, not only did I start to learn about the power of it, I started to see that one, those practices predate a lot of the modern day religions and those religions really should be called new age. And I also saw how they basically repurposed a lot of things. So I would love for you to talk about the power of that, the strength in that. Yeah, I think it's so obvious that a lot of black and brown spiritualities and ancient um, religions and spiritualities are so powerful because they have gone through a huge smear campaign and there's so much demonization and even the language that we use in spiritual spaces, whether that be like just Western spirituality or religion spirituality, just puts such an emphasis and taking the words that were sacred and using them as a weapon. And a lot of it has to do with, I say like the three things, colonialism, colonization, and capitalism, the three C's. And honestly, it's such a nuanced topic. And there's so many, I think there's so many uh, thought processes, but also paths that take. And there also is like, what is the main, um, what was the point? Like why? the why. And there's so many reasons we could say like, oh, this is the why. Um, And I think we were truly will never know one why. Mm -hmm. But um, I think one, when you disconnect a community from themselves, that's the easiest way to disconnect people from their empowerment. Meaning in our society now, as a product of white supremacy and capitalism, we value individualism Mm -hmm. even in communities that we say we're trying to build you still see there's a value of individualism because that's what helps run capitalism and that's been the construct of colonization that's why colonization works so well because if you're always thinking of just yourself or your identity then you dehumanize everyone else and so since we value that individualism and that is what kind of keeps a lot of people disconnected I think that's the first thing that people go to is disconnecting people from the community because your community is all-encompassing your community doesn't mean that everyone has the same process thought process as you and everyone thinks like you and everyone has the same opinion your community means that there are multiple people with different views and different wisdom who are going to always nurture you and be there for you no matter where you are in life and it's a give and take that isn't even necessarily an equal energy exchange it's an equitable energy exchange um it's when you can just come into a space and you can be without fear of being ostracized or taken away or even like even more intense things so i think you find community with spirituality, with certain religions, within community, right? And the easiest way to disconnect people is to demonize or make them fear, especially within the community. I think a good, um, a thing that comes to mind too is like the Roma in Europe, um, the historic, it's so terrible, the history with Roma, Um, but It's the Roma travelers in Europe who they thought came from Egypt, but they don't. And they actually came from Southern India 
and they just have, or they're still in Europe today and they're treated really poorly. But the whole thing with the Roma and why they're treating so poorly and why they were demonized for so long was because the Catholic church started to see that the Roma, they had their own spirituality. A lot of newer spirituality uses their concepts like fortune telling, crystal balls, um, hand reading, palm reading, um, using cards, tarot cards, oracle cards. There's so much that they contribute to a new age spirituality, the way that they dress, um, the jewelry that they wear, and they were great craftsmen. They were great at making pottery, things out of metal. They were so talented. And what ended up happening when they were migrating all over Europe is the Catholic church saw that people were really drawn to them and their spirituality, but also like their crafts. And the Catholic church was afraid that they were going to lose money from that because the way that the Catholic church makes money is with getting people through the doors in church, giving Mm -hmm. money, giving resources, et cetera. And so it was a whole smear campaign, right? The Roma are they they were saying that because the Roma had darker skin they were closer to being demons that they were doing and participating in black magic and why it's all the same language that we use today right and it affects the same people the darker skin people people who do not um subscribe to the European beauty standards naturally or without unnaturally and so that always comes to mind because I think the use it shows that the use of fear and the the use of specific language can be enough to alienate people from a community that they're really interested in or they're are trying to get to know because we're so fearful of the unknown as well and sometimes it's just easier to, as a human to just stick with what you know and stick with what is considered the norm and um, I think a lot of organized religions just all over are the norm and they're so readily accepted that many people don't question them. But when it comes to indigenous and black and brown spiritualities and religion, it's always ostracized, unfortunately. And the same language is used like black magic, dark magic, um, demonizations of the, the customary things that I do, the altar work, the use of cards and things mm. like that. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of, if you look at ancient spiritualities, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but there's such a commonality that you just have to wonder um, what are we missing out from even centuries later. Yeah. Um, and the world is still in the state of chaos. Right. And that's the thing. They ostracize it until it's marketable. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. And like, I I see this this even as as a little side note. I, I, it came across my Instagram where someone said, well, actually Mary J. Blige talked about this too, when she won an award recently. And she said, you know, basically how she got made fun of and, you know, just ostracized so far. She said, but now everyone wants to be, uh, how does she put it? Hood rich. Mm. She said, I, I was just being me, mm-hmm. you know, and then fast forward, I see now it's called the clean aesthetic look, which is yes. your <laughs> and big earrings. Now I'm, I, I, I was born in the mid eighties, 85. So I, I remember growing up in the nineties and hearing certain things 
like, you know, oh, the big earrings are ghetto, the yeah. long fingernails are, but now, and I get things change, but the, the thing is going back to your why, going back to your, you know, being disenfranchised, it's bad when, wait, how, how does Nas say it? They fear what they don't understand, hate what they can't conquer. Mm-hmm. And it's like that. It's like the culture, which is embedded in all United States, which expands across the world, the culture of the nails, the hair, all that, that was once deemed mm, is now, oh, mm-hmm. spirituality it's just like, oh, that's black magic. Oh, that's this, that's that. And I remember even as a kid thinking, I used to watch Westerners and a lot of Western shows, the bad guy would wear all black and the good guy would wear all white. But the thing was, the good guy who wore all white, sometimes he was actually the bad guy in disguise. And the good guy was wearing black. So I remember saying to my mom, not all bad guys wear black and not all good guys wear white. And that's the thing. It's these words that get used until it's able to be commercialized and yeah. so I do encourage people to reevaluate. Re- re- I can't talk I have brackets on the back of my teeth <laughs> reevaluate the things that are being said and also going back to our questioning things people want to put a band-aid on things as opposed to mm-hmm. questioning why did that happen why does that person feel that way why are you lab- labeling this person as the angry black woman when really no one's listening to her? No one wants to hear her ideas to streamline a process. But when someone else says it, it's like, oh, great work. Mm-hmm. So we see this on so many levels. And, and, and with our spirituality, that's, that's what help us to get connected to ourselves. So you mentioned, you know, getting rooted being uh, able to connect with yourself on a deeper level is there a daily practice that someone can do to get them centered in their roots so when they have to face a coworker, um you know that person who's telling them you need to go to church and you're like I don't identify with that because it's very oppressive are, are there certain um like not as deep as going into yourself, but like, like a, like a pep talk in the morning, something that they can get themselves to get realigned. Yeah. I think this is such a great question because it could apply to anything, right? It could be like, that's what I say when doing anti-racist work, when a lot of clients come to me and the fear is like, if I do this work, it won't be perfect. And then someone will get mad at me and et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to say the wrong thing. And I always say to that, it's okay to say the right thing as long as you know your why. And the thing is, a lot of people don't know their why and they don't have a strong foundation of like, this is my belief. We are just regurgitating what we think and we hear and we think is correct. Like the politically correctness that has gone rampant everywhere is just too much because a lot of people are saying things that are deemed politically correct. But number one, who's the one who deemed it? It's usually Ooh. the people who are not a part of that group. Ooh, that's good. And number two, whose comfort is it prioritizing? Usually the people who are not a part of that group. And so knowing for yourself, and I think education is so important. I'm a teacher as well. I'm a special education teacher. So I work with a lot of kids with disability and our foundation for everything is know your education. If there's something that you value, 
and you want to know about or you want to speak on, educate yourself. Whether it's reading, whether it's meditating with yourself, whether it's journaling out, whether it's doing workshops, and there's so many free workshops, whether it's investing in a consultant or coach, have a strong foundation of education because no one can take education away from you. That's what backs you up. And so a lot of people who are fearful of like, Uh, what other people will say or judge them for. If you know your why, this is why I practice this. This Mm -hmm. is why I shifted this in my business. This is why I'm moving to this place. If you know your why, and it's not that you're just doing it because other people are doing it or because you've been told to to do it, but it really comes from within, that's the thing that empowers you to go through. I get so many people who I'll post something in my opinion about something and they're like, you're just wrong. And I'm okay with that because I know the work and the education and really the tuning in that I've done with myself that makes me think this way. I could back it up. I could say, I have this thought process, you know, this situation, this is my lived experience. And this is why I feel this way. I don't think that our goal in life should be to convince anyone of anything. Yes. That is so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I made a promise to myself for a long time that I don't really want to interact with people that I feel like I have to convince of something. Right. Sure. We could, sh- I could share my opinion. We could have a dialogue. It can be respectful. Right. I think it's great to have discussions with people with different perspectives because you can learn that way. Again, community isn't about everyone following the same thing, having the same thoughts, process, Mm -hmm. having the same opinions. But there's some people who, and I think this is a part of their trauma, it could be inner child, it could be generational, who want to be convinced. I've just noticed it. Like they are seeking out people to convince them of things. And so then they make it really hard and they poke holes and they play devil's advocate, which I hate that. Oh gosh, that's so annoying. It's just like- because there's something that wants they want to be convinced of and the thing is that is nobody's job and it could be exhausting and there's some people who are just never going to convince so that that should never be your motivation it should always be for yourself um so that's what I would say I don't necessarily have a daily thing you could particularly Mm -hmm. do I think tuning in with yourself I like to journal um My form of meditation is sometimes just zoning out. (laughs) Whatever works, whatever, there's more than one way to do it. Yeah, but I think it's more so the mindset of like, I'm doing this for myself and I'm really investing in my knowledge and my wisdom and my education. So yeah, that's what I would say. You took us to church. (laughs) Church, (laughs) I'm telling you. No, it's so true. They can't take your education from you. And when you have your why, that self-awareness, you are unstoppable. Because when someone, you know, to your point goes, oh, you're wrong. You go, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, you're not wrong. You know, that person is trying to hold on to some outdated, uh, oppressive lifestyle, that, that matrix, you know, you know that already. And that's the thing. A lot of people out there, they don't have that why. They haven't, whether they haven't had the time because they're in survival mode or they just don't know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And when, when something does come up, like they may see a person dressed a certain way or have certain markings on their face, they can't defend them in a conversation because they don't have enough education. 
So even with me, like, I don't let people say things about certain people. I go, no, 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 no. That's another thing too, uh, complacency. Those people who they they still, they want to hold on to that. So they want to be convinced, like you were saying, it's just like, why can't you, I'm just going to be blunt, just shut up and listen. Yeah. Like if someone is telling you their experience, just shut up and listen. Like, this is not a time to be, oh, well, maybe you should just like, no. If someone is telling you as a fill in the blank person, as an indigenous person, as a black person, as a brown person, as an Asian person, whatever, this is what I'm experiencing. That's that other person's time to just listen and don't try to play the devil's advocate because Mm -hmm. no one who, okay, so let me backtrack. People who experience things because of their skin complexion, because because of their ethnicity, I can't talk these brackets, their ethnic background, (laughs) because of their accent, whatever the case may be, they try to deal with it. And and I, because I've talked to so many people, they try not to make that an attention thing, even though it's not about attention. They try to figure out how they can maneuver around society, whether that's straightening their hair and, and not letting their curls go. Assimilate. Yeah. Exactly. Assimilate. So when someone's like, you know, actually, you know, I, I hated my curls for so many years because I was told it was unprofessional. It looked too ethnic, whatever the case may be, or I try to lose my accent or I did this, you know, whatever. And they go, oh, well, you know, well, that really isn't Okay, but who said that wasn't professional? Who came up with that rule? To your point, who said it had to be politically correct? Like, why can't we just call a spade a spade sometime? You are being like X, Y, and Z. You are doing X, Y, and Z. Like, why can't we just call that out? And it's like, oh, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. The oppressor's feelings? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And I think also something that really, um, that propelled me in doing this work is when I realized I, I, I learned about internalized oppression Mm. and I realized how many people are working are living with internalized oppression, because again, we've been socialized to even think these things about ourselves, even as a person. That's why when people tell me like about like, I'll say something and they'll say, well, like my black friend said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we are not the same. We're not a monolith. And also, yeah. you don't know what that person is going through. You don't know their journey. You don't know right. their trauma. You don't know their lived experience. So right. oftentimes, yes, most marginalized groups and identities have had to assimilate, not even just out of, oh, I want to be accepted, but out of fear of retaliation. That too, yes. A lot of our ancestors right. had a fear of being retaliated with death. They were threatened. Right be taken away from their family they were threatened with so many things so there has been forced assimilation especially through our ancestors even in modern times many of us have been forced to assimilate to survive and it's not just a mask that you could take on and off whenever sometimes it really is rooted right it takes roots because you live your life that way for so long right and many people they are, have worked through their internalized oppression. Many people are yeah. starting to, many people don't even know that it's a thing. Right. And so we're just yeah. in all different mm-hmm. points of our journey, with, especially when it comes to talking about nuanced topics like this. And I think that a lot of people try to use other people to validate their points. But again, it has to come from yourself. 
Right. It has to be your lived experience because even right. that person's your best friend, your mother, your daughter, you do not truly know because you're not within that person. Right. Um, and you don't know what they actually have gone through and the thought processes and the things that they're trying to shield and protect themselves from. Right. Exactly. And everyone has a different experience. I am so overhearing my black friend, uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Like, like every black person has the same experience. Yeah. Like, or, you know, they want to make a reference. Africa is a continent. Okay. There are a bunch of countries in Africa, like stop grouping everything together and <laughs> making it like, seem like it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much different cultures, even within the black community, right? There's so many right. cultures. There's so many versions of blackness. There's so many countries that belong to blackness. Like, and it's the thing, people just want to put things in pretty little boxes and then like leave it along and put a band-aid like you mentioned before. And the thing is, it's gushing. The wound is gushing the right. working anymore. <laughs> and it's no longer working. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And 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 so I was listening, oh, I wish I could remember the name of this podcast. I just discovered because I would love to give them a shout out. And um, they were talking about the differences and similarities of hoodoo and voodoo. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason why I'm bringing like hoodoo and voodoo back up is because just as a kid, you know, again, whether it's movies or whatever, it was, it was always like, ooh, the voodoo woman. She's always like this scary person. But I was learning about the, the loha, the, the law and, and, and other things. And it's such a great um, perspective from people who actually practice Mm-hmm. And the one lady, actually, let me see if I can pull that real quick. The, the one lady, she practices both because one is a religion and the other one's a lifestyle, if I understand mm-hmm. it correctly. I'm just learning about this. Mm-hmm. And so when, when she was explaining it, it had a lot to do with uh, principles, how yeah. you carry yourself, you know, with poise, being a person of your word and so forth. And I think about that and, and I think, wow, how we could use that in today's society. And, and some people can say, well, Tia, you don't need that to be a person of your word. I understand that. But with spirituality, it really helps to keep you, I want to say in a lane, but in alignment and in, in a certain place where you can be who you are, understand who you are, get to know your why. Because what I noticed a lot with religion and it's, it's text, right? So, and there's so many other books of religion out there that you know, ex church goes, okay, we're only going to use these books. And then there are people who go, and we're going to twist these words and weaponize it. So what I have seen so many times in religion is that people weaponize those texts that are meant to help in a lot of ways or tell a story, whatever. And they use that to fit whatever their agenda is. Meanwhile, there are wonderful spiritual practices that help you connect with the earth because everything's cyclical, right? Right now, in, in, well, in, in Philly, in the Northern Hemisphere, we're shifting to fall. It's already cold, all right? There's cycles already going. And how awesome would it be if we were to understand these cycles and move with the earth as opposed to against it, understand that and connect it with our spirituality. We understand who we are. This is a time for me now to do this and it's fall and X, Y, Z, as opposed to what some people do with religion is make it oppressive. 
and disconnect from so many things. So I love that you are bringing this up about the connection and how to go about this and just overall going about it because the more we dive into this, the more we can break these invisible lines to your point where you were saying, like some people don't even know. And that's the thing. We have to put ourselves out there a little bit, a little bit, and a little bit more and really educate ourselves. Follow people, you know, follow people who are really talking about this, not just surface level, not just, you know, by chance or something like that, but people like you who really get involved and really break it down because this is so powerful. And I've seen too many times where people use religion, which is basically just repurposing of old ways. So I just want to thank you for doing that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause even the spiritual space, I notice like when I first enter the spiritual space, you're like, wow, this is so amazing. But then my experiences in a lot of spaces, I was just like, this is just like misogyny and um, <laughs> racism. <laughs> like it's just repackaged again. And so I'm like, okay, nothing's really getting to the root of the issue. We say we're getting mm -hmm. to the root of the issue, but are we actually, are we just reconstructing the same things that we've seen? And I think that's what um, I want to see, like, deconstructing it not right. just repackaging it and shifting the words and shifting the language and shifting how it looks but just deconstructing it I think will help us because there's so many things that play into it too it's not only like anti being anti-repressive but it's connecting back with the earth and mm -hmm. being sustainable with the earth and it's even for ourselves like mental health wise and things like I think the cycles is a good a good point because even our own body cycles, right? Like women or a woman plus, or um, if you have a cyclical monthly cycle, you, we're not supposed to work how we work with nine to fives. It's right. not sustainable for us. Thank it's you. not good for us. Um, it's literally because it helps capitalism. It yeah. helps um, colonialism, the structures for colonialism. So that's why we do it. <laughs> yeah. And really overall there, and there's so much like research and data that can back it up too. But if you really even just tune in with yourself, you can feel it yourself. The last two months have been exhausting for me and for a lot of the people I've talked to because it's just not sustainable. Yeah. And a lot of us are now recognizing it's not sustainable because we used to just do it because that's what you do. What and a lot of us are realizing like, who made it so that this is what yes. we do? And it's all the same people. So yes. I think I think the thing is though, like we're even talking about it now. So it looks like there is a shift. And so that's why I try to say optimistic and um, have these conversations and invest in these type of conversations and opportunities and communities, because I think Again, a huge aspect of this is that community is going to help with all of this and the shifts that we want to see going back to this community-based principles. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought up menstrual cycles too and asking, you know, continue to ask, ask the question, who is coming up with these, you know, rules, regulations and so forth? Because here's the... the to demonstrate the power of the collective conscious and how it can be good or bad. Mm -hmm. We're not supposed to experience menstrual 
cramps, like pain and things like that. Because for so long, our menstrual cycles have been demonized because there's power in our menstrual cycle. There's a lot of power in that. And anything that has to do with that feminine energy, anything like that, again, is another, let's sever, sever that as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're not supposed to be doing certain things during when we're actually menstruating. We're not supposed to have these symptoms that are horrible, you know, when we're menstruating. And ever since I learned that and just focused more on my spirituality and growth, my menstrual cycle came on a few days ago. I didn't even know it. I was like, oh, <laughs> I had no pain, no cramps, no pain, no nothing. And that's the thing. It's just we have been told so many things are bad, dangerous, you know, ghetto, whatever. And we accept that because that's the image that was given to us. Yeah. And now we are deconstructing that and understanding it's not ghetto, bad, the, the things that, again, who's saying it, mm-hmm. right? There are some bad things that people do, but that's not what they're talking about because those people also do those bad things. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like, there's something going on here. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I'm glad that you're saying, you know, and and we need to ask ourselves why, who? So if someone's at work, you know, if something comes up, it's good to ask. So is this part of the SOP, the standard operating procedures Mm -hmm. or what? And, and spirituality is truly our backbone. So we can get in touch with that and really be involved with that and have that self-awareness. Then we can sit back and go, oh, John is just prejudiced. John is just, you know, he, he just likes the old boys club. You can call it and see it and know that, you know what? I don't have to put up with that. Yeah. I, I know what, what I can do to fix that as opposed to, This is the way it is, you know, as a man's world. Yeah. This is the way it is because we allow it to be this way. Mm -hmm. I also hate that too. When I say like, I don't really like this. I want to shift this. Well, that's just how it is. But why? Why does that have to be this way? You're right. (laughs) We're always shifting too. I think people don't realize there's such a resistance to change and shifts, but we are constantly changing. Yeah. These are constantly shifting. People complain about language shifting. They're like, well, back in the day, like you didn't have to be so conscious. No, it's just that now you're getting called out for it. It's all, it was always wrong. It was always wrong. And language can shift and people's empowerment shifts and the people who are feeling empowered shift. And so it's not that things are changing. It's that people aren't changing the Mm -hmm. ways that they've done. It's even like with cancel culture, I think, a lot of people don't like cancel culture. I think it can be very toxic, but I think the thing that people are missing is that many people do not take accountability. There you go. First, they say the things that they think that want to be said, PC, Mm -hmm. very PR, and it usually doesn't speak the language of the people that they are harming. Right. And then it comes back up again because they haven't actually addressed it. I know when I see someone who is semi-famous or even a celebrity, but usually celebrities don't get canceled like that, but usually on social media, if I see someone gets canceled for the same thing every couple months, I'm like, can they not see the cycle of their healing that they need to be done? Because the thing is when you address something and you address it properly, Mm -hmm. it goes, 
it is a part of your learning and people can see that. But the thing is when people don't see the learning and they don't see that you actually are taking accountability and you've actually made shifts, that's when the cycle continues. Um, So I work with a lot of people who have gone and canceled. And the first thing that we do is we take away the defensiveness and we say, mm. how did you hurt? And how can you speak to the people that you actually hurt? Not yeah, to the people like who that. are like, mm-hmm. who are agreeing with you or the people who have your back or the people who right. have an opinion on it, the actual people that you've hurt because that's the audience that cares. And that's the audience that you should care about their opinion because they're the ones who were hurt. And if you actually just change, even if it was a couple of years ago or 10 years ago, if you actually change, People can feel that. We can feel the vibe. Right. Like people think they can hide their true intentions and feelings about things. Nope. Through the right words. No, we just know. Even on social media, when someone follows me or I'm about to follow someone, I just know the social media vibe in the first five seconds. They could have Black Lives Matters in the bio, but I'm looking at that content. I'm looking Mm. at the hashtags. I'm looking at the people that you interact with. And there you go. Otherwise, right? Here you go. There's so much things. It's really an energy. It's really a vibe. And I think the more that you tune in with yourself, if you are a part of a marginalized community in a group, that intuition gets stronger because our ancestors uh, pass it down too. Because it is out of our for our own safety and well-being. Oh, for sure. And I love all the points you brought up. You know, they do have to get rid of the defensiveness and. Oh my gosh. I don't know just because I'm a Virgo or what, but the crying. Oh, oh yeah. My yeah. God. It just strikes a chord. I'm just like, here we go with the fake crying again. Mm-hmm. Like just correct yourself. Is this isn't a witch hunt? I hate when they say that too. I don't want to say hey, that's that's a really strong word. But I I strongly dislike when they this is a witch hunt and yeah. I didn't mean okay, all right, we get it. You didn't mean it. This is not a witch hunt. And a witch hunt, people were actually tortured and killed. Yeah. Okay, relax. You lost 5,000 followers who probably weren't following you like that anyway. You'll survive. It's not a witch hunt. Please stop with the fake crying. You're not a victim. You didn't care. You got caught. You got called out. And now you want to save face. Stop it. Like, it's just, it's so unbelievable. And then people want to come to their rush and save them. Like, they don't need you to save them. They don't even care about you either. They because don't. if they're if they're doing that, all they care about is the money. They don't care about you. Yeah. So, you know, is it's it's interesting because yes, the spirituality will help us to peep that vibe even more. And it is a vibe. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I really stopped going to um, certain events that talked about spirituality, but they don't have a diverse group and they all very look very similar what's with just like slightly different hair color. I'm like, mm-hmm. how, how are you? you going to talk about spirituality and you all look the same and you all basically talking about the same thing like the last i checked spirit there's a spirituality in uh, uh various cultures you can have uh mag- you can have so many other people on stage than people who look just like you mm-hmm. you know and then it's very surface and there's nothing wrong with the surface level because that's how we start we start off with the surface level And then we learn more and more and more. The thing is when they pass off that surface level as deep 
And it's like, this is what you need to follow. And don't follow all that because that's bad. We don't do that. We're all love and light. And, you know, go do your yoga with your, with your green drink and, you know, don't take accountability. Like I, I, I'm just like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm not going to worship these people and put them on a pedestal because that's what they need. They're also like a little bit of emotional vampires. They need all your emotions. They need all your energy, like a psychic vampire. And they discount everything else. And it's like, that that needs to end. You can't have, you can't talk about spirituality and exclude everyone else. (laughs) How does that even happen? And all the people who follow you, like, why is it that it seems like it's so hard to have a diverse panel? It's 2022. We're a couple of months from 2023. It's really not that hard. To have a diverse panel that can talk about in China, this is, you know, so-and-so goddess, and this is uh, so-and-so spirituality. In Brazil, this is so-and-so spirituality, and, and, you know, here and in here, these are the Orishas, and this is what we do, and this is, you know, is and this is why, again, representation matters. This is why what, you know, especially you are doing to break this down matters and so when when people do come to you when they get canceled and they lower their defenses do they also realize that oh man like this is all a lot of deep programming or is it something like they didn't even realize it all together yeah usually it's like something it's like they're putting their trauma beforehand Mm. which you know you should nurture your trauma, but if your childhood trauma from like you not um, having a connection with your dad is bleeding into you being racist, there's something <laughs> not, yeah. that's still not okay. And so that's right. why I think a lot of people at first, they, they put their trauma ahead. They're like, well, this thing happened to me and this is something I'm dealing with. And so I said this thing out of ignorance and it's like the, it shouldn't correlate Um And so that to me is like, yeah, a lot of people do say things and they say ignorant things because they have not navigated the healing completely. Right. Right. Um, Which is why we should focus on ourselves. Right. Authentically healing. Right. Not the right. Yes. Like you said, some at some point it has to get deeper. Um, and I think also defensiveness is just the individualism again like if you feel like you don't have a community that will hold you when you are wrong you're going to be instantly defensive Um, and I even think kind of like you were talking about like these events and panels who are talking about spirituality but um they're not very diverse or even they might be diverse right they might tokenize some people but it's not very Mm. inclusive I think it's really unethical and people get defensive about their ethics. Yeah. So um, if you're saying like, I'm a coach for women and I help women do this, but then all the women that you help look the same or all the women who are successful in your programs look the same. It's really unethical to say that you support a woman. I would rather people just say what it is and say, listen, I'm a coach for white women. I know that sounds harsh and it doesn't sound PC, but um, you're not wasting women of color, for example, you're not wasting their time, right? You're not 
taking advantage of their money, right. especially with the historical things that have happened. Yeah. Um, and I wish in the spiritual space we were more transparent like that. Right. There's some people I don't work with because I'm like, I cannot fully authentically help you. Yeah. Um, it would be unethical for me to have you as a client because I cannot support you in this way. Mm-hmm. And again, I think because everything has been commodified and things make people money, they overlook it, but they yeah. get defensive when they're called out because deep down they know. Right. Oh, I let something else get to me. I let right. this other thing take precedence after over being a safe and sacred space for someone. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's real. A lot of the defensive myth comes from because let's be real, Western spirituality, coaches, consultants, I'm including myself in it right now is a product of capitalism because we have to survive in this capitalistic society as well. And I think sometimes people have a hard time finding the balance. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And the thing is, um, I actually came across a woman on Instagram who said that she was for white women and to help them understand how, in some cases, they are com- they are complacent or where or, or to understand privilege. And that's the thing: we all have different types of privilege. Mm-hmm. And so she literally said that, and I respect that because she's saying, "Look, I'm here for this demographic to help us understand." what our counterparts, you know, whether it's Asian women, Black women, Indigenous, whomever, to help them understand that this is some of the things that they are facing. You may not realize that because of X, Y, Z, and that's fine. Just like men don't have to deal with certain things because of being a privilege of being a man that women have to deal with. Like, typically men don't have to worry about Things like make sure you have your key in your hand at nighttime when you go into your door. So that way you get in the door fast or, you know, all these other things, you know, be more aware. That's a privilege of being a man. Not saying that men don't experience certain things, but women really have to worry about that. So privilege isn't a bad word. You just got to understand that it's there. And so I respected her for that. She, she, I think she actually has a book out too. I know she has a, a workshop and I totally, totally, totally respect that. You know, so I have no problem with people saying things like that. And that's where the progression begins, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's the conversation that, that we can have. And I think people, if you, like, if it makes you ashamed or insecure to say, like, I'm a, I'm a coach who helps this, these people. And you're like, no, I don't want to, that sounds bad or that doesn't sound great. Then do the work to make sure that you can support everyone. That's yeah. If you're not doing the work, if you're not going to, if you say that you support a diverse group, diverse group of people, and you haven't done any education around it, gone to a workshop, done coaching around it, then no, you don't. I think also a symptom of 2020 was that people want to wake up and be anti-racist. They want to wake up and be anti-oppressive. They want to wake up and be anti-ableist without doing any work. Maybe they would buy a book and they would watch an Instagram (laughs) and then they would put something in their bio and they're like, Mm -hmm. I'm this thing. No, we've been socialized to be the opposite of that. And okay to do the work. I will say that the reason why I'm so well-versed is because my lived experience of almost three decades 
I would also say I did two teaching residencies, which has an emphasis on cultural responsive and anti-oppressive teaching. I have a master's in special education, which gave me the education on ableism and also the intersectionality around that. And I took two huge years during the pandemic to consume every workshop, to hire coaches, to read every book that I could in the spiritual space about inclusivity and diversity. And there weren't that many, but I searched. Mm -hmm. And it took me two years before I even started posting about this stuff. I was still doing like my jewelry shop only really and ancestral connection. But when I started to really post about being intersectional and anti-racist and anti-impressive in spiritual businesses, it took me two years before I started posting because I think it's really important to do that education. I think there's such a, being in the United States is so weird when it comes to education because you have the college industry, which has preyed on many people, Mm -hmm. but then you have like the coaching industry where you don't really need any credentials Right. It's not regulated. Yeah. yeah, It's not regulated. And I think the balance is really important. Mm -hmm. And so education is really important. Do we have to invest so much money in it? No, I think it actually should be a human right. I think education Mm -hmm. should be a human right. I think it has shifted a little bit. It should be a human right. And so if you don't invest in your education, I'm not saying you have to invest money necessarily, but you have to invest time. You have to invest dedication. You have to invest your motivation, your internal motivation to doing the work. If you're not doing that, you're not going to be able to show up for a coach for various identities. Right now, even say like, I can't help. I'm working right now on my foundation and making things more accessible. So right now my business is not fully equipped to help clients who may be hard of hearing or hard of seeing. It mm. just isn't, to be frank. Mm-hmm. Sure, I do some captions. Sure, I can like modify my curriculum and stuff, but isn't to the point where like I can say, I have all this information and materials and resources for you. Here you go. It just mm. really isn't. And I'm honest with my clients and my audience and my community about it because that's something I'm actively working on. And that's something that I'm actively investing in with workshops I've been doing, with the mm-hmm. coaching I've been doing, um, with my time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay because I would rather mm-hmm. invest in that now than mm-hmm. take someone's money. Right. And I think that's okay. So if it feels icky to say like, I'm a coach, consultant, teacher, healer for this group of people, and you're being specific, you're doing it a favor to the people who you can't help serve because a lot of people are giving the illusion that they can help serve people and they can't. I know from my own experience, I've had business coaches who are like, yeah, I can help you. And I've had to educate them educate them on like why that strategy won't work for me because I'm Mm. a dark skinned black woman like right (laughs) it's not necessarily going to work the same way so I it's really important um and I think it really ties into your ethics how ethical Mm -hmm. you are it's so true because people don't people don't ask why people do certain things why when people see things like oh this is for BIPOC 
and people get so offended. It's like, but ask yourself, why do people create those spaces? Oh, <laughs> those spaces. And it's because when they were in other spaces, their spirituality, when they brought up something, got discounted. Mm-hmm. Their knowledge got discounted. Who they are got discounted in many instances. So now people who fall into that category, who have experienced so many bad things are looking for a safe space to learn, to be expressive and just understanding they like people just want to be heard and understood. And if people can just say, oh, okay, that's your spirituality. I respect that. No one's getting harmed. That's your way of life. I respect that. No one's getting harmed as opposed to this is my religion. And why aren't you doing it this way? Your religion is evil. Your spirit is just like, who told you that? Yeah, <laughs> why can't you just mind your business? <laughs> oh yeah. Like why can't you just mind your business over there? Like if I want to connect with the earth and, you know, get back to my, my ancestral roots, what is that to you? Oh, power. Mm-hmm. because once we understand who we are and once we get into those spaces where we can have these discussions where again you know someone's black experience is different than my own black experience different than that person's black experience so you know we can get together and talk and even learn about other cultures you know this is the indigenous experience like I follow uh several um indigenous um uh, accounts and that's how I got a lot of my education to your point because we're not going to know everything yeah. But I follow accounts. That's that's how I learned about the horrible acts in Canada. That's how I learned about that that school system that closed in what like ninety six. Like yeah. those people are still alive. Like yeah. imagine being a kid taken from your homes. Your parents don't see you ever again in some cases, mm-hmm. and you be and you're being told your your religion, if you will, or spirituality, your 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 language. Mm-hmm. This your entire culture is bad, horrible. We're going to shave your hair. We're going to make you conform to this. Mm-hmm. And, and now, generations later, we had to go and deconstruct all that, and then also inform people at the same time. Hey, look, it's not that anyone's coming after you, mm-hmm. and it might not even be your ancestors. Your your ancestors may have been the ones who helped, or may not even been in the United States. Who knows, yeah. or whatever. All we're saying is. These things happen and there are a lot of systematic things in place to keep that from happening. But now those systems are being broken down. Like even when I talk about highways, some highways were literally put in place Mm -hmm. to separate the city from the suburbs and no bus system was going there. So, so a lot of people who were in the, who were in the city were, you know, part of whatever demographic they didn't want in the suburbs at the time. And then it was like, we're going to give them higher interest rates for cars, higher everything to make it just that much more difficult. And when you tell people, uh, some people that they're just like, oh, no, oh, well, you know, my, my black friend never had a problem. That's one person. Yeah. Okay. I understand that. Look, I, I went to school that my mom paid tuition for. Okay. I'm not going around like, well, I didn't have to No, I am right. listening. I am hearing. And I am also defending when I'm having conversation. I go, no, 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 no. We're not doing it. No. Yeah. No. So it's a constant educational process and people have to understand no one's coming for you. We're trying to educate and let you know that like, Hey, that's now wrong. And, and we learning that it's wrong and here's why. And we're, and we're working towards creating new, new life, new ways, new, new lifestyles 
and you could be a part of this because that old system is very harmful. Okay. Very, very harmful. Yeah. I think a lot of people take it personally, again, valuing the individualism. Um, That's something I noticed on my retreat this past summer. I did my first ancestral healing retreat and um, the, my retreats center black and indigenous femme healing first. So that means the feeling, the emotions, the rest of the Black and Indigenous women plus and femmes who come to my retreat is top priority. And it was really interesting because there were Black and Indigenous women there, but there were also white women there. And it was a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. But you could tell the discomfort that the white women had because it was the first time that their feelings weren't being prioritized because we do prioritize white women feelings women plus feelings in spiritual spaces automatically. And there was a point where that happened and we were talking about topics like this um, and you could feel the discomfort and you could feel, and again, we prioritize the comfort of a lot of white folks too. So we usually dance around like topics and issues, but there was no dancing. No dancing, no dancing. Um, That's where the true really begins. It was a beautiful conversation. It was a beautiful lesson. But something that came from that for myself was that I think the reason why these conversations are really hard is particularly for white folk a lot as well is because they take it personally because the individualism. So if you're really valuing individualism, of course, it's going to feel like an attack on you every time. not going to feel like an attack on the community and the history, right? We have noticed a difference with Black people where um, maybe you'll talk about something within the community. For example, homophobia is really bad in the Black community, Mm -hmm. right? Because of all Mm -hmm. the trauma that has happened. You'll talk about it, right? And I can have a conversation with someone about it and I can recognize how it is a problem in the community and I can recognize the trauma, recognize how it affects people today without taking it personally. Right. And the thing right. is too, if you know that you're not a part of the system, if you know that you don't, um, what's the word that you use earlier? You, you just don't conform oh, to it. Complacency. Hold it. Yeah, and you're not compl- complacent in it, then you won't feel defensive. So that's also a key. That's mm. also something to note for yourself because that might be a little inkling that, oh, I have participated in a way that I'm not proud of. Yeah. And the thing is, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But what are you going to do about it now? Exactly. 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 That's what it is. Like when you know better, you do better. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we we all believed in something that was erroneous at one one point in time, you know, and now it's just like, dang, like I do think that from time to time, like I can't believe I believed in that. But then it's like, how could I not? <laughs> it yeah. was literally passed down or what you heard in certain circles. Yeah. You know, you need to have grace for yourself. I think that's why I say right. I like to do this work without guilt and shame because one, it could be used as a way to not continue to do the work. Right. Two, it just doesn't help serve you or anyone. And right. so I think acknowledging things, and of course it might show up like guilt and shame might show up, but not letting it be deliberating. Yeah. Um, because or debilitating sorry (laughs) not I I knew what you meant we we know what you meant (laughs) yeah 
Um, because that can really stop us from doing a lot of the work. And I think a lot of this work, again, is compassion and empathy for ourselves right. and grace. Because as we show more of that to ourselves, we will show that to others. And I think that's right. something that impacts this a lot is that a lot of people don't have grace, grace and empathy for themselves. So yeah. then project that onto others. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And to your point, that that's how cancel culture got warped because it's really about accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, people online, they become online gangsters and yeah. all that things like that. So I'm so happy that you were able to hold that space for the women where they can get all that out because it is not directly directed towards them. And they've used their privilege in some way, shape or form. And like, okay, but now you can use it for good. And I think about, you know, people who have helped others back in the day, like the story of Marilyn Monroe, you know, she's like, I'm not going to perform here, you know, unless, you know, other people. So it's just like, you can also use that for good. You can change. And that's the beauty of it. And to be in those spaces where those conversations can happen, because it's not a personal attack is now people are saying we're tired and we're going to change. So I know we talked about so much and this has been such a beautiful conversation. I know it's helping so many people. Any final words? Um, I would just say, take it day by day and things take time and that's okay. I think we have to learn that it's okay. And I know like, I'm like the most impatient person ever. I have an Aries Mars, but I'm like, take it day by day, it's okay. But just being in these spaces, having these conversations, listen to podcasts like this are so important. Absolutely, thank you. Any Anything upcoming, any more retreats? Oh yeah. So right now my next retreat is open. Um, it's in March. And so I have more information about that on my social media and on my website, but this time we're it's still ancestral healing, but now it's indulgent. So we're doing all the things that our ancestors did not have an opportunity to do. And so I'm really excited about it. It's not typically my retreats aren't like very woohoo um western spirituality i'm going to be honest like my last retreat we had margaritas and i know in a lot of i love it yes they're like clean eating vegan eating green juices my retreats are not like that i'm gonna tell you like (laughs) right now um so this upcoming retreat it's going to be even more not like that and i'm so excited austin texas um And then, um, yeah, I'm just doing my ancestor connection healing sessions right now too. There is a really good deal right now for three sessions for $5.97. It's like a bundle and you get an ancestral kit as well. And um, I also have my podcast called Catalyst where I talk about these topics a lot. And it is a podcast to amplify black and indigenous femme and women plus voices and healing. So if you're interested, I talk about things like this all the time. I also talk about healing um, and whatever I'm going through during that time. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's so important because you know, as, as we already stated, you know, th- these conversations are important and people can lower their defenses and start defending their friends. So, you know, they don't have to yeah. say, oh, my one fill in the blank friend. It's like, no, 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 that's not cool. That's not cool. Like we're, we're not doing that. And we need to do that and not look for, I'm not saying everyone does this, but not look for, you know, praise. It's just in a simple yeah. conversation, like, no, that's not cool. Or what you're missing or what you're not realizing is, 
you know, X, Y, Z. So I, I'm so grateful that you came on the show and broke it down as you always do. And, you know, it's just, it's refreshing because we need to have these conversations where we don't tiptoe around, you know, I know I said X, Y, Z, but that's because I have like so many fill in the blanks. I'm like, I'm just going to narrow it down to X, Y, anything yeah but yeah thank you so much for having me this conversation has been so beautiful and I'm just so excited awesome yeah we definitely had to have you back on the show so yes oh and then also (laughs) I lost one of your earrings I meant to tell you I know I felt I was like no I thought I was being so cute at a spa when I was in uh, Montreal and I was in one of the saunas and because it was long, it was hitting my neck. I was like, oh, oh. no, it's hot. And I thought I put it back in and I didn't even realize until I left that it was out. I was like, oh, so I got to get it again. So I got to go to your website. I got to figure it out. So I had to put that out there because it's so beautiful. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to everyone. You know, I'm sending you so many blessings, lots of love. You know, I'm rooting for you. Be kind to yourself, get educated until next time.